2: Welcome to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and I'm grateful to be here with and for you today. You are all part of a global community with fellow listeners in literally every corner of the world. Thank you for being here with and for me and for continuing to spread the word to your friends, relatives, and colleagues And a special note of gratitude goes this week to our listeners around the world in Finland, Korea, and Morocco, and in the states of Mississippi, Nebraska, and Missouri welcome and thank you for your continuing support because you keep tuning in and listening uplift your life nourishment of the spirit is a top-ranked show here on the voice america talk radio network the oldest and most widely listened to online talk radio network thank you for listening and making this show success Possible. Since the beginning of October, I've been starting the show with a tip from my ebook 33 Tips for Self Empowerment. This is important because when you are self empowered, you are connected to your limitless higher self, your soul. As you learn to hear the still small voice within over the loud voices of others, you will begin to feel at peace. The ideas in my ebook will help you do this with more joy, ease, and grace. Your tip for this week is discover your creativity. I chose to share this particular tip today because the topic of our show is how to age wisely. Creativity is something that we often ignore during our earlier years because we don't have time for what we consider to be frivolous activities or we don't believe that we really are creative. The fact is that it's physically easier to access the creative part of our brain as we get older. With more leisure time and more creative capability, our later years is the perfect time to play with creativity. In addition, it will help you connect with your limitless higher self, your inner wisdom, your soul. Discover what form of creativity gives you joy by exploring different modes of creativity, like writing, dance, music, improvisation, art. Create just for your own expression, for your own pleasure, for your own self discoverers Discovery. If you are concerned about people criticizing you, keep your creative explorations to yourself. This is about you discovering more about you and your gifts and doesn't need to be shared with anyone else. My next workshop is entitled. Energy healing and it actually helps you turn fear into love. I've chosen this topic because so many of us live in physical pain and we don't have to. We also don't have to take over the counter or prescription meds to make it through the day. From headaches to arthritis to chronic back pain, I continually remove the pain from my own body and successfully help my clients do the same. I have not taken any pain medication, even aspirin, in over 15 years. When we understand that emotions, thoughts, physical illness, and pain become bundled together, we can begin to truly heal. Emotions get stuck in our body, creating dis-ease, illness, and pain. We all have different places where we dump these unfelt emotions. The pain is a physical manifestation of our fears and emotional pain. It's easier to pop a pill than to face what is really going on in our lives and in our emotions. But eventually, it catches up with us. The longer we put off dealing with the challenges in our lives, the more serious our physical pain becomes often manifesting into serious or even terminal diagnoses. In this hands-on workshop, you will experience several strategies to help you become pain-free, decrease your pain, and or feel relief in the moment. Some of the strategies that you will experience include my ultimate creative problem-solving process, Crystal's new breathing techniques, channeling energy, color healing, specific meditation tools crystal bowls and sound therapy we will meet at the center for spiritual living in dallas saturday november 21st from 2 to 3 30 gratitude and positivity as we allow ourselves to know the truth of our own experiences and feel the pain of our past or present life and let it go. We open ourselves up to the joy of being fully alive in every moment. We change the energy in our body and literally become younger and healthier, feel lighter and have more energy. We truly know and feel the joy, beauty and love in our lives. My show helps you do that by providing you with new information, perspectives and techniques inspirational stories and guests who are thought leaders in their field, like our guest today, Dr. Robert Weber, who will talk with us about aging wisely. And last week, we had a wonderful show with Robert Moss, who shared his wisdom and experiences about signs, symbols, and synchronicity. He gave us some great tips on how to pay closer attention to the signs that are presenting themselves to us on a continuous basis. He pointed out that how we view our experience is everything, and that we always are in charge of our attitude, even if we can't control the circumstances. And in fact, pertinent to today's show. Those with a positive attitude toward aging from a young age actually live seven and a half years longer. To learn more from Robert Moss, please go to my website, PaulaJoyce.com, and click on radio show at the top of the navigation. You can hear this show or any others that you may have missed or want to listen to again. That's the beauty of having the shows on demand. You can have Access that fits your schedule. Robert Moss was so fascinating that he stimulated some emails. The first one was from a listener who wanted the name of a shaman to help her release the unrelenting physical pain she has been experiencing. She wants someone to help her heal with the assistance of her spiritual guides. I referred to the, her to the man who helped me heal. Dwan Washington, who's a psychic, a shaman, and a healer. He channels the names and physical appearance of people's specific guides and also uses sound and color to help them heal. In case some of you want to reach him, you can do so by emailing him at DwanPsychic. That's D as in day, A-W-O-N, psychic at gmail.com. He has been on this show three times and will be on again on January 7th with predictions for the year 2016. You can hear his on-demand shows from June 12th and December 18th in 2014 and also March 26th of this year by going to PaulaJoyce.com. Another listener was impacted by Robert's suggestion to pay attention to the first thing that you hear in the morning – This was particularly meaningful to her because synchronistically, just that morning, she noticed her pattern of having a happy day and then waking up the next morning complaining about everything. In other words, the first thing that she heard were her own negative words. It was a pattern developed in childhood because every time she would feel good, her mother would criticize her and destroy her good mood. Now she does it to herself. Wanting to break out of this cycle, she asked me what I do to start the day in a positive note. I told her that now I start by connecting with the spiritual, spiritual realm and with nature. When I was breaking negative patterns similar to hers, however, I would start each day by writing a gratitude journal. Although I included material things, my main focus was on building my self-esteem and learning to think positively. So I would mostly write about how, how I was improving in those specific areas from very small changes to large ones. I would phrase everything in a positive way to help myself learn to see the world my life and myself in a kinder way I became the nurturing parent to myself that I didn't have as a child I taught myself to be grateful for all of life to find the silver linings and to cut myself some slack and give myself some credit while I was changing A third response to the show was from a client who told me how much she enjoyed the show and then shared her latest sign, which was literally a sign. It said, quote, your rental agreement, unquote. We both had a long laugh because we had recently been talking about reincarnation, choosing our own life path, and that with all the challenges in this life, she had been given a lot of physical gifts. We both knew that the rental agreement was referring to her body, her gifts, and the life lessons that she had agreed to experience in this carnation. To have had such an abusive childhood and still be able to laugh at the words, your rental agreement, is quite wonderful and a testament to her resilience and commitment to her own healing. It wasn't until I was preparing for this show that I realized that my birthday is really the fourth response to last week's show at the same time that it's the introduction to this week's show. The synchronicity of my 70th birthday following a show on aging is another reminding reminder that I only think I'm planning these shows. There are stronger forces guiding me and my guests, creating right timing and putting everything in the sequence at which it needs to be. These same forces were also at work helping me to break old patterns so I could truly celebrate my birthday. And that's my silver lining story for today. My children had asked me several times how I wanted to celebrate my birthday. Each time I said it didn't matter and we could just have a cake at our annual Thanksgiving get together a few days later. They were uncharacteristically relentless about wanting to celebrate my birthday when the universe stepped in and helped me change a long-standing pattern of behavior. In a casual conversation, a friend asked me what I wanted to do for my birthday. Since this was a friend and we were dealing with fantasy, not reality, I heard myself saying, I'd love to go to a Broadway musical in New York. I went on to name all the barriers and problems with executing such a desire. I thought that was the end of it until I got one more call from my children, pushing me to tell them what I wanted. Having just let myself know the answer, I could now tell my daughter. It took weeks to work out the details because the arrangements were complex. For starters, all of us live in different cities and two children had to figure out childcare. I won't go into all the details, suffice it to say, it really was complicated. The blessings, however, were far greater than the complications, and often came because the complications forced so many interactions. One huge silver lining was the realization that the story I told myself was that I didn't want to tell them what I wanted because the complications seemed insurmountable. The truth eventually broke through from my unconscious. I didn't want to tell them because of years of conditioning that convinced me that I didn't deserve it, I wasn't going to get it anyway, I shouldn't inconvenience anyone, and it didn't really matter what I wanted. In fact, my ex would often work behind my back to make sure that I didn't get what I wanted. My birthday provided an ending and a new beginning. Another friend continued the process by asking which play we were going to see. And again, I was forced to face myself. I realized that I knew what I wanted to see, but hadn't told anyone because they might not want to see it. Through my children and friends, the universe was pushing me hard to take care of myself and break the old negative and destructive patterns and behaviors. The miracle was that not only is my birthday celebration going to happen in a much richer and fuller way than I ever could have expected or even imagined, but the most amazing and emotionally fulfilling aspect was the deep and profound healing that occurred with the child who I had had The most challenging relationship with from a very early age. It turns out that that was the child who had pushed the siblings to continue to ask me how I wanted to celebrate my birthday. This healing, which happened over several conversations, was the silver lining, the blessing that I had hoped for and worked toward for years with no guarantee that it would ever happen. It's really the best birthday present I could ever, ever have. As the birthday card message from a friend says, what a wonderful thought it is that some of the best days of our lives haven't happened yet. And maybe my turning 70 was a reminder of my mortality, which precipitated a healing. And that's one of the perks of aging, as today's guest, Robert Weber, knows well. Robert is the recipient of the American Society on Aging's 2014 Religion Spiritual Spirituality and Aging Award. He was has a PhD and is assistant professor of psychology part-time at Harvard Medical School and a former Jesuit. He also serves as a faculty member of Massachusetts General Hospital's Department of Psychiatry. He lives in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and his new book, The Spirituality of Age, A Seeker's Guide to Growing Older, is co-authored with Carol Orsborn, who also has a PhD. You are listening to Uplift Your Life Nourishment of the Spirit. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. While listening to the commercials, click on the link to read about and register for my workshop, Energy Healing. Then click on Store to purchase my ebook, 33 Tips for Self Empowerment. Then go to Calendar of Events to see your question for today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Bob Weber to talk about how to age wisely.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Time for a fresh perspective. From leadership development to team building and re your mission,
2: If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I always appreciate hearing from you, my listeners. And as a top-ranked show, when you choose to advertise with me, you reach a lot of people. If this interests you or if you want to become part of the conversation today, please call one 866 472 5795 or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com now or between shows. I value you and what you have to say. So please let me know what's on your mind and heart. I hope you wrote down the qualities you have neglected that you are now free to explore and we're here with Bob Weber to talk about how to age wisely. Welcome, Bob. It's so good to have you on the show.
3: Thank you, Paula. I'm glad to be here.
2: Good. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to start with the personal experience that you talked about in your book um, where uh, about your 40th college reunion.
3: Yes. I'd be happy to do that because it was a growing point for me. I think one of the the heart, uh, the centered themes of that experience was dealing with residual shame. My sense is that as we get older, we become more ashamed of ourselves because... We are unable to do the things we could once do we 're not uh, spoken well of in the ways we used to be. You know Our bodies give out on us so many things happen that lead us to feel ashamed um, and I think what we do is we withdraw from life. We pull back into shells and we stay there. Well, Fortunately, I had this experience that uh, in college. I was a uh, college athlete. I played football and baseball i I did well at both. However, my body did betray me at a certain point, and an injury f- foreshortened my season. And despite honors and things like that, for nearly 40 years, I lived with shame about what had happened. And I thought that others probably looked down on me because of it. And that that sort of nagged at me. But, you know, I got on with life and, uh, you know, continued to do well in other things and not always succeeding, sometimes failing. At this reunion, I sat with, at one juncture, with one of my teammates, probably the man I thought had most harshly judged me for my, the, my failure. And it turned out that he was not thinking that at all. He actually wondered why I wasn't put back in the game, and I had to clarify for him that I had a serious injury that was precluding my participation. I walked out of that reunion just with the weight lifted off my shoulders the weight I had carried around for 40 years. Now that's shame as a young man. But I think that as we get older, you know, each day presents more occasions where we might feel embarrassed or ashamed. For example, the woman whom I uh, was helping at the library. I was leaving the library. She was there. I held the door open for her. We were about the same age. This was only a year or two ago. I'm about, I'll be turning 70 next year. And uh, she said, I can do it myself. And I, I got the sense that one of the reasons she reacted so strongly was because she thought I was looking down on her, that she was an older person who needed help. And uh, I I thought to myself, do I want to be that as I get older? No. And I think that that moment at that reunion freed me up in a way that I now am more able to accept and face, not hide from my own shameful moments or experiences, but live with them, bring them out. Shame is kind of like mildew. You know, it does very well in the dark. It grows there. So if you harbor shameful feelings and keep them in the dark, they will grow and fester and take over your tent and and ruin it. But when you bring it out to the light, it doesn't survive. You have to find people with whom you can do that, including thing, people with whom you can do that around aging. And I think you're a person based on our sort of initial conversations, I thought I can do that with Paula. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, I, I, I loved your definition of shame, which um, I, I would like for you to share with the listeners, because it was the first time that I had heard it defined that way. And I thought it was profound.
3: Well, if I'm remembering what you're suggesting here, um, you know, I think in, in I'm a psychologist. You mentioned my degree. I'm a clinical psychologist. I do a lot of therapy. Uh, and what I discover is how many people uh, come and are just harboring shame, but not just shame, guilt as well. And I think so often we emphasize guilt, but I think the more profound and insidious feelings we carry around inside are shameful feelings. Guilt is, I... I feel bad because of what I did. That gives you a little more breathing room. It's sort of out there, you know, it's an action. But shame is, I feel bad about myself because of what I am. How do you get away from yourself, you know? Uh, as, as one great, uh, you know, local psychologist, uh, neuropsychologist said, you know, no matter where you go, there you are. Book by John Kabat-Zinn, no matter where you go, there you are. You can't run away from that.
2: And, and and I think that's just so profound because I've actually had clients say to me, I feel like I was born defected. And that's kind of what you're talking about, about shame. And we carry that for so long. Um, and, and if we're lucky, we have opportunities to let it go like the one that you described. And, and the other thing about what you were saying that I think is so important is that really all our fears um, and and doubts and worries grow in the dark. And it's only when we let them out into the light that we can let them go because the light burns them away, really. Mm-hmm. Yes,
3: exactly. And uh, I, I think that the... Um, you know one one of the connections with aging that that particular story uh, gave to me uh... I, I was sidelined you know the term in in football is sidelined you know with an injury and in life as we get older we get marginalized we get sidelined you know we lose our jobs or we decide to retire but we're not really happy about it there's a mandatory retirement age whatever it is we are continually marginalized and we're continually invited by society to deny what's happening, to deny the ultimate, really, that we're going to die someday. And I think it's in, the, um, in facing that, really, that we then can, uh, in a sense, not overcome it, but work through it and actually discover some other possibilities there. You know, there to me there are one of the things we talk about uh, in so far as aging is uh, what is the spirituality of age, and I think there are three grand illusions that capture the sense of what we're trying to do, um, because spirituality to me is first of all getting rid of illusions. Well, first of all, actually, it's waking up. <laughs> Who wants to wake up? You know, and look in the mirror. As a colleague of mine said, he said, "I said, geez, you know, what's it like? I get up in the morning, I look at myself, and I think, you're getting older, friend." And he says, "Yeah," he said, "I uh, that's why I'm thankful I'm legally blind." (laughs) But most of us, you know, would prefer to be legally blind and to be asleep and not look at it. And what Carol and I are inviting people to do in our book, and we're inviting them not to say, go ahead and do it. We're saying, look, at, we're trying it ourselves. Here's how we have grappled with looking aging in the eye, dead on, straight ahead, and not running away from it. So the first thing is to wake up. Then the illusions. Now, what are the illusions? It's spirituality is also getting rid of illusions. And the illusions that I see, uh, three of the primary ones, three of the grand illusions... As we, in life, and uh, maybe at at, at older age, we have to confront them finally. One is the illusion of immortality. We are not immortal. You know, I discovered that in college when I realized that my body, you know, that my body, uh, and I saw several of my uh, teammates, actually one of my teammates had a severe uh, head injury and did die after an 18-month coma. Mm -hmm. But there's a way you can deny that stuff as a kid. And that... It doesn't work so we're mortal then we're not invulnerable that's the other grand illusion and as a young person you can feel that way you can walk proudly you can dash here dash there you know multitask but when you get older things slow down and you feel the aches and pains you know I've had rotator cuff surgery I've got a hip pointer problem right now and I'm thinking I'm vulnerable and the last one, the last grand illusion, is total independence. You know, none of, I think all of us harbor this uh, reaction to the idea of being dependent. We don't want to be. And yet, we all are, from the get-go, in utero. We were dependent then, we're dependent to the end. But we create this illusion of independence. And I think aging brings those three illusions down and, they, and as a result creates opportunity for what you described that your show is about, you know, to live more fully and joyfully, uh, not in spite of those discoveries, but precisely because of them. You're freer. It,
2: yes, and the energy that it takes to keep ourselves from knowing the truth. Is dampening um, our joy, not only our joy, but our ability to really function fully because it takes so much of us to keep the illusions from breaking apart and from the, the truth from emerging. But once the truth does emerge, the energy gets freed and we really um, can live in a lighter, brighter, um, more energetic and happier way.
3: And, and, and exactly, Paula. And it's also, you know, it's not by avoiding the darknesses. I know one of one of the things you often mention is the silver linings. Well, we can only appreciate those silver linings by contrast with the darkness. If there were not darkness, we wouldn't see the silver linings. You know, for me, uh, you know, I'm not... I wouldn't say I'm a cockeyed optimist, the way you know South Pacific, the song, the wonderful song from South Pacific. I would say I'm probably a, I'm I'm an optimist. I'm optimistic, and people go, what does that mean when I say that? And it's a blend of two things. It's a blend of optimism and realism. So while I am optimistic, I'm also realistic. So if things are going well, I know that maybe tomorrow that hip will be sore again, or I won't get my way tomorrow, or I may be sad tomorrow. But I know that fundamentally, inside of me, there's a center point at which I am joyful. And getting back to that in the face of reality is very important. I'm a neologist. I think we talked a little about this when we first spoke. Uh, I like to create words. The counterpart to optimist, optimism is pessimism. <laughs> you know, you can get, bar- you know, you can get buried in pessimism, you know, oh God, it's not going to work. You know, it's, this is not going to work we, you were talking about negative thinking earlier in your show, you know, p- uh, one of my patients once said to the group in which she was participating, don't believe everything you think.
2: Exactly.
3: <laughs> and I think if you're pessimistic, you look at it and you say, this is horrible today. And, and I know that I have bad days, but on some days things get very good. If someone says to me, Bob, how are you doing? I say, good enough, and that's darn good. (laughs) I like to find the balance, not I'm always happy or I'm always sad. I'm sometimes one, I'm sometimes the other. But on balance, good enough.
2: (laughs) And I think that's so important because I know people who really suffer greatly because they think that optimism and being happy means denying the sadness, the challenges, the hurts, and the pain in life. And they just skip over that and go to gratitude the problem is, is that, uh, again, they're hurting themselves by denying what's true.
3: Hmm. Exactly. You, you cannot avoid reality. I mean, you know, the, the, the great goal of one of the great goals of psychotherapy and of, of healing in general, not just within a professional psychotherapeutic context, is to see reality and look it in the eye. I mean, looking, aging in the eye is looking at reality. You know, when people say, well, when did you start to feel like you were aging? I said, probably if I was conscious in utero. (laughs) You know, as soon as I was conceived, I started to age. And that's been, you know, that's been the life course. But that aging uh, has also gotten me to a point where I can be uh, like a good wine, you know, that has been produced maybe 50 years ago and has been lying down in someone's wine cellar and then you bring it out and you go my god look at listen look at the color look at taste the flavors isn't that amazing that by lying down and maturing through aging that has become even better and that's what i think and i hope some of your listeners you know walk away from this program today thinking oh maybe i am even better than the wine that was laid down or, or, you know, came out of the vineyard, uh, you know, 60 or 70 or 80 years ago.
2: Uh, Exactly. And that brings to mind what, uh, when people say, I wish I were younger, I say, not me, there's no way I want to go through all that again.
3: Nor do I. I. I.
2: (laughs) (laughs) if, If I could have the wisdom and the and and all that i have now and be younger yeah maybe but that's not the way life works the reality well, noticing,
3: is right and i'm noticing your laughter you know one thing i i like about you and, and i have experienced in our interactions is your playfulness your humor uh you know you you look you look life in the eye and and all its realities i think too in your work and in your personal life um but i think i think what you're saying and let me put it in my words I have never felt younger. My mm-hmm. body is not younger. You know, I'm still looking for a good used body parts store. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to find one. Uh, but inside, internally, in my lived internal life, spiritual, psychological, I never have felt younger. I never have felt freer. When I was little, I was a good boy. I did everything according to the rules. And now I, the rules are still important. But they're not hovering over me, and overshadowing my enjoyment of life. And I I would encourage people to think who are listening in, you know, that you know, find that childlike piece of you that's there that got hidden away or was forced into hiding, and invite it out. Be be yourself, because that's really so important. When you are yourself and can appreciate what a real jewel and gem you are you're also living a fuller spiritual life. And aging becomes that much more of an opportunity to mature in a way that gives you the capacity to live joyfully and fully. That's so, you know, so powerful, so powerful.
2: Uh, And so beautifully said. And that's a perfect point for us to go to our second break and then we can pick this up again. I'm your host, Dr. Paula, The Life Doctor, and you're listening to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. While you're listening to the commercials, click on the link to sign up for my newsletter. You'll receive the free chapter on my ultimate creative problem solving from my best-selling book, which will help you release hidden fears and barriers to hearing your soul, your true self, your inner wisdom, and getting what you truly want in life. You'll also get advance notice about every show episode and the on-demand shows. Now on your paper, write down what you're going to do to start exploring the qualities that you have neglected. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Bob Weber to talk about how to age wisely. And he can be reached at his website, spiritualityofage.com
0: be the change the seventh wave channel on the voice america network be the best that you can be dr paula invites you to meet with her for a -a one-of-a-kind breakthrough coaching session
1: You may also send an email to drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. That's drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. Now, back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you're just
2: tuning in, I'm your host, Dr. Paula, the Life Doctor. Welcome. Welcome back to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. I hope that you wrote down what you're going to do to start exploring the qualities that you have neglected so far, and I'm so glad we're here to talk with Bob Weber about how to age wisely and remember the name of his book is the spirituality of age and his website is spiritualityofage.com and I just want to pick up where we left off where you were talking about how we think about ourselves and our age and I just the other day was telling someone I'm turning 70 but I don't feel an age you know, sometimes I'm playful, sometimes I'm wise, you know, sometimes I'm everything in the middle. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and it's, um, it's really that attitude, I think, that, that you were talking about that determines the quality of our life at any point, but especially as we're aging.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm well one of my uh, you mentioned in my introduction today your your introduction of me you know that i was a jesuit and uh... people may or may not know what a jesuit is it's a religious order within the uh... the catholic church uh, i spent ten years as a jesuit and as the fruits i took out from there i continue to just be you know growing and 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 producing things Um so spirituality has always been sort of an anchor point uh, in my life. And within my own tradition, one of my favorite lines from all of the, you know, the, the sacred writings, let's call them, the Bible, is unless you become like a child, you will not know what the kingdom is like. You know, now we can, we can argue what kingdom is or heaven, or, but I think that, that image for me has always held a powerful, uh, had a hold on me all along. Unless you become as a child. And what is a child? A child is someone who's, you know, filled with wonder, filled with awe. And I think Carol and I, as we plunged into our book, we, we discovered a childlike quality that perhaps many of us set aside over time. And that's questions. Why is the sky blue, Daddy? How come it's so cold today? What's snow look like? Are all the snowflakes exactly alike? You know, when we're young, we are willing to ask questions, and we do so. And then we get to a certain point where we're supposed to have the answers. And kids are searching for the answers. They don't have them. They're in the process. So maybe one of the qualities that aging allows us to do is to get back to that childlike sense of questioning. Our book, as you know, uh, and the listeners do not know, is built around 25 questions questions. We show you with two kids playing together, that is Carol and me, what it's like for each of us to play sort of parallel, doing our own thing, and then playing interactively. There are two different kinds of play. And the, the book is the fruit of the questioning that we've done within ourselves and the questioning we've done between ourselves. And each person who's listening in should not seek someone else's answer for yourself. Tell me what to do. How should I be? You have to go inside and ask yourself. Otherwise, you won't be able to live it fully and really and truly. And I think that's what we're trying to encourage in this book. By example, uh, we're not saying just follow our guidelines, do everything we say, and you will have it all. No. Um, What we know is we don't know a lot of things. We're still learning. Expert is someone who doesn't have all the answers but knows that he doesn't or she doesn't know everything. And Carol and I, I think, are appreciative of that. So we invite people to join us in the quest, in the questioning. Uh,
2: Yes, I, I love that. And I love it. It connects with what you were saying before, too, about freedom, um, and and I, I could identify with your talking about being the good child, following the rules. And what happens then is kind of a self-imprisonment where we, aren't, where we do hide a lot of who we are and bury it because it doesn't fit what our family or society thinks we should be about or should be doing. And I think that as we've talked about before, and as you talk about in your book, that the aging process allows us to begin to open our own prison doors and to say, well, you know, if I don't do it now, when <laughs> will I? There, There's only um, a limited amount of time. It's that mortality that you were talking about that it's sort of now or never
3: exactly a great song too it's now or never (laughs) one of my (laughs) favorites as a young person yeah it, it really uh and that's the thing about looking reality in the eye you know realizing that i mean here we are talking on the phone I mean, you know, this may be the last time we ever talk, you know, and, uh, you know, even if we plan to, to talk, you know, in a post-show kind of way, you know, will I be alive post-show? <laughs> Friend, for how long? You know, I think about those things, not in a morbid way, but what I think it does for me is it heightens my appreciation for this moment, this interaction. It heightens my, you know, appreciation for those who have tuned in or, and are interested in this and that makes me feel a deep sense of peace and joy. You know, not because, you know, knowing that there's only so much time. So I wind up not, I wind up living in the moment, in the now. That more more so than I ever have in my life. You know, I don't worry so much about the future, and I don't regret so much about the past now. I do pay attention to past at times and things that still need resolution, or I do certainly plan to pay my bills in a timely manner, and I know I need to do that by <laughs> X date. <laughs> but, you know, right now is what all I've got. And right now is good enough and darn good.
2: Exactly, and I think that's a place where a lot of people get caught up in spirituality and get confused because how do you plan for the future? How do you still want things and yet be content and happy in the
3: moment? Right, well, I think one way is is we have to free ourselves. You know, one of the other points of spirituality that we mention in our book is that spirituality is no longer being at the mercy of any event, thing, or person. Uh, can you imagine that? Mm-hmm. Imagine not being at the mercy of any event, thing, or person. Imagine not being at the mercy of you know, the grudge you continue to hold towards someone in your family. Imagine uh you know not not having to be imprisoned by that uh, I mean that is is quite amazing when you can get there and I think what developing spirituality does is you begin to see things for what they are. three of things I think that imprison us three things uh, one is we we're supposed to do you know we, we should be able to do things we all spend a lot of our life being human doings, when the heck are we going to become human beings? I think aging allows us to become human beings because we slow down, because we can't do all the things we used to do. But we may be ashamed of it, right? So we don't want to go there. So we remain productive. One of the the things I discovered in some of the aging societies I've been a member of is that there's a big, you know, be active. If you can, great. There's nothing wrong with activity. Do it. But what happens when you can't? Does that mean you retreat into the shelter of shame? No. The other thing uh, is that we, we think that it's important that people speak well of us. Um, and we, we spend our lives trying to cultivate our reputation. You know, what role do I have? What car do I own? Whom am I married to? All of those things are just, um, you know, do not, do not cut it. And the other thing that imprisons us and, and, and puts us at its mercy is the expectations that society lays upon us about the things we should have, the right, living in the right neighborhood, having the right car, the right group of friends. I mean, if you are not subject to those, imprisoned by those things, then you are not at the mercy of them, and then you can live freely. But we're all drawn, and I as well as you, as well as probably everybody listening in. How do we get, you have to first become conscious of it, wake up to it, see it as illusory, and then slowly realize that it's not about those things that your value is based, but it's about some more fundamental essence within yourself that is part of, if you want to call it, the design, uh, transcendent or divine perspective. That as a created being, as a human being, not a human doing, but a human being, you are beloved. You are a gem. Each, each of you in your own way. Each of you in your own way. It's, it's stunning when, when you can do that. I mean, it sounds like I've got it all together maybe by saying what I'm saying. No, I'm still working on it.
2: Well, and we do teach what we're trying to learn. So
3: That is <laughs> you're, right. You're well, in the you right, right place. are right on there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and 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 there is um, tremendous wisdom in this book and in the exercises that you provide and the questions that you ask and in the examples that you give, um, like some of the ones that you've described here. We literally have one minute left. And so is there... Um, Um, A thought that you want to end with
3: yes I think um, I would ask people to think about just really embracing everything that you're experiencing the good the bad and the ugly about life about your life circumstances and even about yourself you know I think that the the stage of life we're at as we get older is the stage where our task is to integrate it all to develop a real ego integrity eric erickson the great analyst put it that way if we don't do that we wind up despairing despairing of life despairing of of everything and of ourselves so if we if we can integrate all those elements not exclude anything put bring the silver linings as well as the shadows put them all together, then we will get what Erickson said is the human strength that develops at our age, which is wisdom. And you said, you know, this program is about aging wisely. That is what wisdom is. It's being able to hold all of that together and find a serenity, not in spite of the storm you're in the midst of when you can bring all those things into your life, but, you know, in the midst of that storm, which is aging.
2: Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom
3: with us. Well, thank Um, you for the invitation.
2: Wonderful. Have a beautiful day, Bob.
3: And you too, Bob.
2: Thank you. And I'd like to thank my listeners for joining us for Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. If you enjoyed today's show, please click on the link to like us on Facebook. Then click on the link to my resources page and to my store to purchase Bob's book and mine, and then learn about my services, including coaching, speaking, energy healing, past life regressions, or to sponsor one of my experiential workshops, such as Overcoming Abuse, 21 Steps for Healing Your Body, The Ohm Awakening. And if you mention this show, you get a 10% new client discount on my coaching, which I do in person over skype and on the phone when you work with me you get support guidance and healing from the spiritual realm literally thousands of angels and guides of a high and positive spiritual nature work through me and directly with my clients my process connects your mind heart and spirit resulting in faster progress and profound healing Click on the link to register for my workshop, Energy Healing, and go to the calendar of events and press click here to send me an email with your commitment to yourself. Next Thursday, please join us when Belinda Womack will talk with us about opening to the wisdom and healing of the angels. In the meantime, I can be reached at 214-736-4460 or email drpaulajoyce at gmail.com. I want to hear your questions and your inspirational stories. This is Dr. Paula, your CM or chosen mom as designated by Bernie Siegel. Remember, you are loved. Just let that feeling wash over you and through you. Have a blessed week.